0: The sermon series as we're examining how it is that the kingdom of God comes to earth through the person of Jesus Christ and collides with the kingdoms of this world, even our culture, our values, our systems, even the demonic forces that seem to reign throughout this world, how it is that God's kingdom through Jesus Christ collides and even cast out, bringing in a new world order of the kingdom of God, that which we have the privilege of becoming a part of. And today we're looking at Mark chapter 3 as we continue this journey. Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. In my Bible, the section is entitled, Jesus' Mother and Brothers. It is a most peculiar scripture passage, and I invite you to follow along and listen in. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call Jesus. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, Jesus asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and he said, here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we, we need your help, Lord. We need your grace and understanding this scripture. We we need your presence the insight and illumination of your Holy Spirit God would you come and speak to us Lord use me use this message Lord come and speak we still our bodies we silence our lips we open our minds we open our ears we want to hear you today Lord we want to feel you today come and speak to us open our hearts we pray it in jesus name amen Uh, today's message is about the family and i i thought it might be kind of fun to begin with a little humor so i went online this morning or not this morning this week and uh, dug up a few jokes on the family so are you ready just a few um good moms let you lick the beaters remember that anybody ever do that Licking the beaters? Yeah. Good moms let you lick the beaters. Great moms turn them off first. (laughs) Whew, that could hurt. Twisted tongue on that one. Here's mom logic. If you fall out of that tree and break your legs, don't come running to me. What three words can solve all of dad's problems? Ask your mother. You got it. The daughter says to her mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in all of the world? Mom says, I don't know. You'll have to go ask grandma. I like that one. The son says to his dad, for $20, I'll be good. Dad says, oh yeah, when I was your age, I was good for nothing. Father's Day is a lot like Mother's Day, except on Father's Day you can buy a cheaper gift. (laughs) I don't know why, but that seems to be true, doesn't it? My twin brother called me from prison the other day. He said, Hey, do you remember when we were young how we used to finish each other's sentences? you got to think for that one. you got to think for that one. Here's a couple more. Big sister, I make the rules. Middle sister, I'm the reason we have rules. <laughs> Little sister, the rules don't apply to me. Some of you know that, right? My sister hates it when I invade her privacy. At least that's what she wrote in her diary. Today I want to talk to you about family. What kind of memories do you have growing up? Do you have some, some really fond memories of family growing up, of being with mom and dad and maybe some siblings, uh, maybe going on some great family vacations? Or, did you, or was your upbringing maybe not so pleasant? Maybe you have some memories that are not so good. Did mom or dad tend to fight or yell a lot? Did you fuss and feud with your siblings? I know I did. I don't know, I chased Mary around the house until she ran into her bedroom and she slammed the bedroom door right in my face. I was just at the right height that the doorknob came and hit me right here. It split my upper lip, blood all over. Had to go in and get stitches. I still have a scar underneath the mustache. There's... Maybe you have some memories that were not so fun also. Maybe tensions were high in your your family of origin. Maybe money was tight. Maybe there was divorce, or maybe there was a premature death. Today's passage is all about family. Jesus is in a house crowded with people who are listening intently to his teaching, including his disciples. At the time, Jesus' mother and brothers arrived outside looking for Jesus. And someone says to Jesus, your mother and brother are outside and they want to see you. They want a word with you, Jesus. They want to talk to you. Your mother and brothers have arrived. They're out here right now. And Jesus responds, who is my mother? Who are my brothers. He looks at those gathered around him, listening to his teaching, and he says, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. Uh, Okay, Jesus, what do you want me to tell Mary and your brothers? How do you think that's going to play out with them? And the story ends kind of abruptly. We don't really know what happened next. We don't know if Jesus, after saying that, maybe got up and went out and met with them. Uh, we don't know if he invited them into the house, if they squeezed him in. or We don't know what the nature of their relationship was like exactly after this moment. I suspect it may have changed. All we know is what's recorded there in Scripture. What's going on here? What is Jesus saying? What is he teaching us? Shunning his mother and brothers, it seems kind of anti-Christian. It doesn't seem very nice. What does this have to do with the kingdom of God coming to earth through Christ? And What does it mean about the family? There are three things that are vitally important for us to recognize today in order to understand this particular passage, I think. You might take out your outline and fill them in as we go. There are just three of them. The first one is this. We all grew up in a dysfunctional family. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Have you ever uh, heard of that book, Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them? I've never read the book, but I like the title. I think it fits right every family on planet earth has problems other families may look better they may look great on the outside you would never imagine it you see people come and gather for church I remember as a little boy watching other families come they look so great so pretty Your high school buddy's parents, they seem much cooler than yours. You you like to hang out at their house. They were a lot of fun. You wish you had a brother or sister like so-and-so did. Well, that would be neat. They were cool. But even those families which looked good on the outside or seemed to have more fun, they too have their share of problems. Trust me. I have many good memories of growing up in southwest Michigan on a small 40-acre farm, the fifth of five siblings, two older brothers, two older sisters, and then baby Dave. (laughs) I have a lot of great memories of things that we did and family fun that we had and working on the farm and baling hay and combining wheat. And It was just a great upbringing. I'm so thankful. I praise God for it. But I also have a lot of memories that were not so nice. I remember mom and dad yelling a lot in the house. I remember fights between brothers and sisters. There were tensions in the house. I remember dad giving mom the silent treatment and refusing to talk to her for even days on end. I remember Dad sometimes taking his anger out on us kids. I remember Mom threatening to divorce Dad. And as a little kid, that just sent tremors of fear and insecurity through my body. And I remember when Uncle Rich's wife hanged herself. And we all have these things. We've been doing a series on relationships with our junior and senior high kids over there at The Rock on Wednesday evenings. And lately we've been focused on family relationships. And I asked the kids, I said, we're going to put down one word on this uh, paper here. Give me one word that describes your family, your, your family of origin. And their answers broke my heart. The answers that they came up with right away were toxic. Toxic. Annoying, stressful, fighting, crazy, tense, chaos, angry, incoherent, disappointing. Only two kids used words, adjectives that were positive, loving, and caring. The truth is families are in chaos and in a way they always have been, even though I feel that it may be worse today than ever. Believe you me, the enemy is loving it, laughing his head off. Even the family of Jesus was less than perfect. In today's passage, Jesus' family comes looking for him. And why did they come looking for Jesus? Well, you have to back up a little bit, a little bit earlier in Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Tell us exactly why. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd followed, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, He is out of his mind literal translation he is beside himself this jesus he he we've got to get control of this my son we've got to get control of your brother i mean he's going nuts he's going crazy he's going off the deep end who does he think he is we've got to stop him before he gets himself killed and we get a glimpse into the mindset of jesus family right here They thought he was crazy. They clearly did not understand yet what Jesus was about, what his mission was. Jesus was differentiating himself from his family of origin and they didn't like it. Fact is, there's a long list of dysfunctional families in the Bible. Adam and Eve's son Cain killed his brother Abel. Abraham was a chronic liar, lied about Sarah being his wife. Isaac had twin boys, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob duped his brother Esau into giving him his inheritance with mom's help, so Esau set out to kill him. Talk about sibling rivalry. Jacob's sons threw their youngest brother, Joseph, into a pit and left him for dead. They were jealous of him. Oh, then they saw a band of Midianite merchants came by and they thought, hey, we can make a buck. So they bailed him out and they sold him. (laughs) Nice brothers. King David's family was the ultimate mess. His firstborn son, Amnon, was a rapist. His second son, Absalom, led a revolt against his dad. His seventhborn, Solomon, simply married any woman he thought was beautiful. 600 wives, 300 concubines. And here's the truth. Every family is broken. Every family is broken because every family is sinful. The Bible makes it very clear. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Exodus 20, verse 5 tells us that the Lord is a jealous God. He punishes the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But He shows love to thousands who love Him. Perhaps your family has a few secrets. Maybe there were a few earthquake events in your family, too. Maybe your parents weren't always who they pretended to be or who they presented themselves to be on Sunday mornings or any other time. Things may have been violent or abusive at home. Maybe tempers flared, people got hurt, maybe alcohol was involved. Maybe dad left or the child was disowned or siblings were cut off. We all have these stories. We all have some painful memories that go along with the good ones. Now, your parents did the best that they could, most likely with what they knew how. We're not affixing blame. We're not bashing parents, anybody's parents today. In many cases, they were just repeating what their parents had done. And their parents were repeating what their parents have done. Their discipline practices, their patterns of behavior, their ways of coping with things and stress in the world. But sometimes these things are passed on generationally. And almost like a generational curse. We're all descendants, after all, of Adam and Eve. We all grew up in broken, much less than perfect families. And the fact is, we are all in need of salvation and redemption, and healing. And this is where the good news comes in. Because in today's passage, the second point I want to make is that God adopts us into a different family, a new family, one based on love and grace and forgiveness and on obedience to His Word. That's the good news today. Who are my mother and brothers Jesus asks, he says, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Congratulations, you belong to the family of God. Look around you, these are your new brothers and sisters. Take a look. Oh my goodness, what did we get into? It's not so much, I think, that Jesus is cutting himself off from his biological mother and brothers. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It's that I believe he is expanding the circle of his family, defining a new family, the family of God, to which you and I can belong. A family not based on biological bloodlines, but on the blood of Jesus Christ, following God's way and God's words. Luke puts it this way. Jesus says, my brother and, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice those who hear the word and obey it, who follow it. And the good news is, the followers of Jesus are adopted into this new family, a different family, different from your family of origin, that which was broken. Now, we're not perfect. We have a long ways to go, but here's what Scripture says. Ephesians 1.5 says, God predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, amen? Paul says, "You've you've been grafted into the vine, That is into this new tree, this new branch, this new family. uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of this, this new body, this family. Ephesians 2.19 teaches, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. No, you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. It's the church. You're a part of this family. No matter what your background is, no matter what your past is, whatever your sins have been or the sins of your your family of origin, God through Jesus welcomes you into this new family. God Himself, our Father. Jesus, your brother. But life in this family is going to be lived differently. There's some new rules some new routines, some new and better, healthier ways of interacting. Jesus says, I'm going to give you one rule, a new commandment love one another as I have loved you. Colossians 3. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. I think of families who are holding grudges generation after generation. They don't even remember why they're not talking to certain family members or a certain side of the family anymore. No, no, the Bible, Jesus says, you know, forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Imagine the kind of family that would be. But only what is helpful to building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Romans 12.10, honor one another above yourselves. Imagine the kind of family that would be. Exodus 20, honor your mother and father. Ephesians 6, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, respect your husbands. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Do not give false testimony against one another. The list goes on and on, but you get the idea. Life in the family of God is different. It's better than the old families. Now, we're not perfect, but we're still growing into it. Maybe today God is saying, you know what? I've been so focused on my family of origin and maybe all the problems there that that I need to kind of release myself, to kind of differentiate myself. Not that you're going to cut ties, but that you're going to say, This is my family. This now becomes the primary family, that of God's people, for each of us. Whether you're an orphan, whether you're single, you are adopted into this family. You have a new family, and that's good news. You may have been estranged from your biological family. You may have been cut off from mom or dad or a sibling. Maybe you only have painful memories of your family of origin. Maybe there are certain families who haven't, or certain family members who haven't even talked to each other in years. And there's tension and strife and division and anger and maybe even hatred, and it boils over and you just regret those family reunions or as some people say, family rebellions. And Jesus is saying, no, I understand your family. I've come to give them healing. I've come to heal you. But I'm putting you into a new family where we do things differently. And this is really the family that we belong, that we long for. Let's show the world a different way. A new kind of family. A family that embraces and loves people truly. A family that functions God's way. Come, join the family. Join a church. Join Grace Church. Let's do life another way. Let's shine a light into this dark world of what relationships can and should be like. Jesus is pointing us today in this passage to something higher and even better than your family of origin. And thirdly, growing up into God's family is the work of discipleship. Just say it with me. Growing up in God's family is the work of discipleship. Making the transition from one family to the other is hard work anybody here when they were younger ever go live with your aunt or uncle for a while uh, maybe you went and spent a summer with somebody else maybe your parents were sick of you and tell you, like get out of the house for a while you know go live with uncle bernie and aunt donna for a while you know or whatever it was but if you did that if you had that experience you know that when you got to that new home there were some new rules there were some new routines There was a a whole different way of kind of doing life, probably. And the same is true for us. We have to learn a new way. You may have Jesus in your heart, but you've got Grandpa in your bones. The patterns of the behavior that we learn from our family of origin are not always healthy. Some of them are passed on from generation to generation. But we don't have to live like that anymore. Sometimes we just grow up thinking this is how all families interact. This is how we do life in this world. This is how people fight. This is how people deal with their anger. They explode and yell and all of these things. This is how people deal with conflict. This is how people cope with stress. Just, you know, turn to the bottle or this or that. This is how we assert our way. This is how we get what we want. This is how husbands and wives relate to each other. And I'm the boss, and you better remember that. This is how we get what we want. This is how we cope with disappointment and grief and pain. This is how we talk to each other. This is how we don't talk to each other. Or this is how we keep the peace. This is what we do. This is what's expected of us. This is what families do. This is what our family does. And you better do what we want you to do. You know, often these patterns are unhealthy, even sinful. You know there's a lot of forces that act upon our lives in this world. there's media, you know television, whatever else, you know the internet, computer, social media, those kinds of things. We have a circle of friends that kind of influence us and affect us and what we do and and there's demonic forces, we know, that are kind of acting on us and pulling us and swaying us all of the time. And, and yet there's no, fo- no force, I think, that is as powerful as the gravity of your family of origin. Which keeps pulling you back to your old ways. You ever go back home for holidays? You find yourself reverting back to some of those old behaviors. It's like, what's up with that? Well, your family of origin fell short. Your parents probably did the very best that they could. But they too are sinful. We all are. And it's time to take a deep look within yourself and identify those sins, those patterns of the past, and take on a new life. This is what discipleship is all about. And, and, and Paul says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so he exhorts us to now be who you are. Shed the ways of the past and take up the new ways of God, his will, his way, his word. Discipleship is the hard work of living into our new selves. Anybody here ever do foster parenting? Take on a foster child for a time? Some of you have. Anybody here ever adopt a child? I know we have families in our church that have adopted. It's a great thing. Why do people adopt? Why do people become foster parents? Usually it's because they want to give that child probably a better life than maybe what they knew. The children or child may have grown up in a difficult home. There, there may have been abuse or drugs or fights or violence or lawlessness. In contrast, adoptive parents or foster parents, they want to act with compassion. We, 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 we want to help give this child a new life. We're going to kind of rewire this child That kid might have been a product of a bad environment, a poor upbringing. And now comes the challenge or the task of reparenting. Reparenting. New rules, new routines are set, clear boundaries are established. Healthy habits are formed. Discipline is enforced. New ways of functioning, of interacting, of doing relationships are are forged. This is not easy stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But the same is true of us. We all need to be reparented by God, our good Father, into His family. With a whole new set of rules and routines and behaviors and relationships and expectations and fun and blessing of doing life together. It's what our Emotionally Healthy Relationships course is all about. Learning how to love others well. The old habits are hard to break, but they must be broken. For doing life together in the family of God is our task. Not that we abandon or cut off our families of origin. I'm not saying that. Not that we are perfect and we've got it all figured out. You come here, it's going to be happy, you know, hunky-dory, whatever. But we are working. We are on a journey, are we not? We're aspiring to higher goals, to live healthy, holy lives that are, in fact, pleasing to God and in keeping with His will. And sometimes that means doing the hard work of differentiating yourself from your family of origin. Jesus began doing this very early in his life. You might remember the story of Jesus at the temple when he was just 12 years old, the family and all the people, the kids, they all went down to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Remember that story? And then they came back, and Jesus' mother and father, they thought he, Jesus must have been with relatives. And finally, they get back home, and they're like, where's Jesus? I mean, they really did lose Jesus. I mean, they didn't. are like, where is he? We don't know. And well, he must be back. They went back to Jerusalem. They found him in the temple, talking to the teachers of the law. And Jesus says, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? Jesus was differentiating himself from his family of origin even back then already. Wow. So what does all of this mean for you personally, practically? This is a tough message. This is a hard teaching because it requires us to look inwardly something we don't always want to do, something we don't always feel comfortable doing. Taking a look at our lives and saying, what have I inherited from my family of origin that that isn't holy to God? Is there something, maybe there's a habit, maybe there's an attitude I have toward other people or toward money, how we deal with conflict, how we express our anger, our attitudes and thoughts towards sexuality. All of these things, these are messages we pick up from families of origin, but they're not always holy and healthy. And today I want to invite you, this day or this week, take some time to sit with God and just say, Lord, here I am. I open my heart, Lord. And I invite you to come in and heal the brokenness there. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe they're not even living anymore, but you're still holding a grudge. And it's time to let it go. It's time to extend grace. Maybe there's a sibling you haven't talked to in years, and maybe today is the day you've got to pick up the phone. And say, hey, I just check it in with you. Say, I know last time we talked, maybe it wasn't the best of terms, but I just want you to know I care and love you. And you know, there's something I can pray for you about. You know, whatever. You can keep it short. I don't know what this means for you. But I know that God is calling us as his children to do life different. And that's hard. Today's passage is hard. I remember thinking as a young person, being frustrated at my dad, being mad at him, and thinking to myself, I'm never going to grow up to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like dad. And you know what? I'm an awful lot like my dad. It's not all bad. But there are some habits and things that I need to let go of and intentionally walk forward into the family of God with. You too. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we just know and realize that, Lord, we are in need of your grace and your love. And Lord, that we cannot do this alone. Uh, Today's teaching is a hard one. And maybe it catches us a little off guard today. We weren't quite uh, ready for this. And yet there it is. Sometimes you surprise us, Lord. Kind of hard sayings about your family of origin, Jesus. And and yet you call us to something better and greater in this family of God, which is far from perfect in this world. But will one day, will one day be a terrific, perfect family? So Lord, come and help us in the meantime to disciple our lives into this new family. To shed with old patterns, to put off the old. To put off old patterns of anger and bitterness and hatred and strife and tension and to put on the new clothes, the new attitudes. Love and grace and forgiveness, compassion. Help us to learn how to do life and live in this family differently. Thank you for this family because some of us are lonely and we need this family. Some of us find ourselves alone, single, widowed, widowered. Some of us even estranged from our own families of origin. And Lord, we, we so need this family, even Grace Church. So thank you for it. Would you come and just help us to learn how to live as brothers and sisters in harmony, in peace, in unity? even as we are different. Come, Lord Jesus, come, we pray it in your holy name. Be our good, good Father, we ask in your holy name. Amen.